It is I, Travis Keats Ross, Rebel Ross, Dakota Slim. Listen, identity crisis aside, welcome to my mystery school, my audio grimoire. You're listening to Prague Magic. It is amazing how quickly we've become friends, let alone how fast Rune is becoming a staple of the local music and occult scene since moving to Portland from Boston this year. We are undoubtedly similar as fervent creators and conjurers, as well as had similar trajectories. Once tirelessly touring musicians, now folklore-obsessed practitioners of the woo. But Rune has an enigmatic soul very much their own. As a Reiki healer, tarot diviner, and chaos magician, Rune's unique gift is that of making people feel good by being kind. Whether it's metaphysically or interpersonally, they're always beaming with a Cheshire smile and an inventive energy. Rune's magical outlook is especially unique as it advances yesteryear's cyberpunk aesthetics and expands them into a modern magical language using the symbology of video games. They cast and conjure code like a pixelated sorcerer in the side-scrawling 8-bit epic that is their rich and wondrous life. Also, like I, Rune creates audio sigils, concept records that are imbued with magical minutiae to create a hyperworld all their own. Their newest is Neptune in Babylon, and I might have cracked the code on that title's origin in this very episode. Be sure to stay tuned for the premiere of Shred slash Drastic, or Shred Drastic, not sure how they mean for me to pronounce that, but it's a, it's a dance through the cybernetic dirge and an ode to the art of sigil making itself. You'll no doubt hear more from Rune, whether it's via this podcast or as part of our art collective and a culture blog, wethehallowed.org, as Rune has become a new addition to this strange pantheon of paranormal Power Rangers that is We the Hollow. You can listen to a very special and unique tarot reading Rune had given me at the end of our interview, which is only available through Patreon at patreon.com slash wethehallowed, where you're also going to find the full unedited interview sans this psychobabble and all the other bullshit accoutrement that I might imbue this podcast with. Without further ado, slither hither, weirdos and witches. Here's my brilliant combo with Rune. When did you start imbuing things publicly as as, as a magician? Especially mm. when we'll get to the new album, because I know yeah. that it's just packed to the brim <laughs> with different wonderful minutia, you know, magical minutia. But when did it when did you come out you know Mm. to the world because i think that's like a big thing with magic these days is that it does feel like a lot of practitioners are finally comfortable and i think that's one of the beauties of the oversaturation yeah is that it's not so much a taboo anymore Mm -hmm. um so yeah when did you feel comfortable 
Hmm. Well, I, I, two people who I like met, I never, I never like hit it really. Um, but I didn't like make it a part of my like branding or like kind of talk about it on the internet all that much. Um, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. While, while I was, uh, (laughs) while I was, um, sort of doing my like 10 year folk artist right acoustic tour thing yeah um like you were a different creature yeah no i mean i was definitely i think i wasn't talking about it but i was definitely like living it Mm -hmm. um because when you're on the road there's like a kind of chaos magic that just exists when you're just sort of like you're playing a game of yes and like just you're surviving by whatever ritual yeah um and there there are things that like i could definitely feel like uh, when I was in that the big the big giant brass band kind of thing, like and what was that called? Uh, Speaker for the Dead. Speaker uh, for the Dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were like this like fifteen to thirty piece band, and like uh, there was definitely a kind of magic to that. Into like yeah. that, it's completely impossible that we would be able to tour. I mean, um, I can't get three people in the same room yeah. for long enough. Um, <laughs> but like we would when we would play. I could like feel it in my hands sure. and like palpable energy, like sometimes in the shape of like a sword kind of thing, mm-hmm. like by the end of the set, because you can't, you can't have that many people around you, like doing, like sort of focusing on something that you made, right? Without feeling this like a mass of like magical energy. Yeah, it was that church. Yeah, yeah. basically, um, and. Uh, it's interesting my uh, five years ago I would have like balked at you saying that be like oh uh, sure yeah. but like there is a thing Me, about I would have balked at myself yeah probably. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but there is there is a and I think when that band stopped I, I got really afraid mm-hmm. um, because I realized sort of uh, and this is like hard to admit but um, I realized the power of like charisma and how that's dangerous yeah um because like there are parts of that band that i would take back for sure Mm -hmm. like and i'm not going to talk about them now um but like there are there's no reason that all those people should and we had good times Mm -hmm. but there's no reason that all those people should have just like followed me across the country and like done things and it's not it's not that i was like this like i'm not saying i was like this like prophet messiah or anything like that we were just a band like yeah but it's there were some parts of it that were maybe dangerous Mm -hmm. and like that i was like putting people in danger Mm -hmm. by like having them come along and i don't think i was like i don't think i was like responsible enough to necessarily sort of face that yeah um and also it was like i was surviving like that was just kind of like i was not living anywhere at the time that mirrors a lot of my last decade yeah or at least coming out of that but yeah that stark realization that uh not intentionally, but being able to kind of manipulate, yeah. Uh, not even just outside forces, but like you know, psychic, like people, people, yeah, yeah. people um, who exist in the world. <laughs> that kept helping me and kept 
answering the call and kept doing all yeah. that like artistically is just amazing and like yeah i feel terrible yeah that i didn't treat it more royally yeah you know for with sure with more like diplomatic uh interest or fervor gratitude you yeah know? no it was it's like i think it's because when you're in the moment and now that i've stepped back from being a full-time artist mm -hmm. as like my thing like a, a creative like a full-time creative person um when you're when you're in that place you just gotta go 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 you can't like right. you can't stop because the minute you stop or like I don't think this is really how it is, but you feel like the minute that you stop, then you will like lose the momentum. Absolutely. Um, so you yeah. just you just have to go 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 go, yeah. and you have to just kind of take what you can get mm -hmm. and like give what you can give and just like ask for apologies later, kind of thing. Oh yeah, that was and, the motto for sure. Yeah, and now that I've stepped back from it, it's interesting because like now I see. I see the go, 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 like kind of moving past me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, so after I stopped doing all of that, um, and I sort of had, had a little- Stop, 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 stop. Yeah, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> and was, I was trying to figure out like, what am I gonna do with my life now? Because I, you know, I've been just playing music forever. Yeah, and I was it turns planning, out you're gonna live. Yeah, yeah, I was planning on like, playing music till I die yeah like I was just going to just like just die like in the middle of the road mm -hmm. like I don't I don't I don't think I like really actively thought this right. back then but now like looking back at my old self I'm like yeah that was definitely my plan. heart attack plugging in a guitar yeah. pedal yeah at so, some bar in Hoboken New Jersey yeah I was like how do I like <laughs> what am I gonna do now um and so I started to realize that uh what I really like doing, even though there is, we had that talk about like, you know, the selfishness of being a creative person and stuff like that. Sure. Um, like my real, I feel like skill set that I got from all of that was being nice to people because I had to be nice to people so that I could have a place to sleep and have food to eat and like have money to get to the next place. And okay, so there was like it started a as like it started as a survival thing right but like i really love making people feel good like yeah. that's just like i love empowering people and i was like how can i do that except in a way where i get paid um and that i think is where a lot of the tarot stuff and sort of like village witch work mm -hmm. kind of that i do now came from and it wasn't so much a like a coming out as doing it mm -hmm. like i think when i started doing it everybody was like Oh yeah, like right. Like you did that for me like four years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um. And um. I've been doing like I I just got um Reiki certified like in the past three three or four years, but I've been doing like energy modality healing stuff since I was like fourteen years old or something like that. I mean, just so, intuitively or yeah. Well, I mean, maybe not intuitively. More like um. You know, I I I played video games in Dungeons and Dragons. Like there's a there's a cleric healer class. <laughs> like this like, and when um and I was into like I went through my like pagan teenager phase and mm -hmm. like was into magic and stuff like that. So it it wasn't and I was into chaos magic when I was like 
11 years old sure, or something. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't that, like, far of a stretch um, to just be, like, like, even without, like, necessarily understanding all of that. Because a lot of chaos magic can kind of get really, like, academically science-y. I feel see, like, then again, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's like, like that's when it's it's not an approach anymore; it's a system itself. Uh, well, I yeah, it's a because this whole itself. thing with belief as a tool. Yeah, but no, but then you're using. There needs to be piety, and there needs to be a yeah. reverence. To me, chaos magic is belief and belief. You know, yeah, and allowing or experimenting with the deep understanding of different practices. But yeah, when people treat it like a swiss army knife or something to cut a hole and a trick to get there quicker you know yeah well i i actually found that growing up a lot of texts that i read about chaos magic were just too smart for me to read oh yeah like they were very like like sciencey because i think that they were like trying to separate themselves from like kind of other right results based yeah yeah yeah. this is results it's it's very there's a lot of big words and (laughs) and i'm just like i'm not i'm not trying to say that i'm like not smart but i'm definitely like i i I didn't do great in school and so like but at that time it would have definitely been over anybody's yeah yeah it was just way over my especially as like a preteen to teenager but i did play final fantasy Mm -hmm. and you know put your hands up glowy light you now have more hit points. Like that's yeah. that's not hard to understand. Wait your turn. Yeah, wait your cloud turn. strike. <laughs> yeah, but like, so I mean, as nerdy as it's like, I don't I don't do I don't kind of use that framework a lot anymore. But that was what kind of definitely made it like easier for me to understand. Okay. It's just it's just like you know you you want to do something and you just think about it and do the thing and i used to as as a in high school i used to kind of like practice on my friends and be yeah. like can you feel can you feel heat or whatever and i mean they said yes they might have just been like you know playing along with me or whatever yeah. but um but now i know that like you know years later like i do reiki on people and like they feel better and that might be because anybody feels better after having someone just pay attention to you for right. an hour or it but might the be placebo is just yeah as good as yeah i'm a big fan of placebo yeah. whether it's placebo or whether it's spook whatever like yeah. i don't care like right, exactly. because because yeah. i like like i guess i i am uh like i am results oriented in that like like whether it's placebo or sure. not, I don't yeah. care. You're not doing it for shits and gigs. Yeah, it's like, but I'm also yeah. not results-oriented in that... I actually think the idea of looking at magic as results-oriented is kind of silly. Yeah, because yeah absolutely. It's about mainly, the process. Mainly, be- well, that, but also because if magic is results-oriented uh-huh. and there are other people who are easily doing the things that we're trying to do with magic mm-hmm. without using magic... Like, what does that say? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and that's the thing with a lot of these people that reverse engineer everything as chaos magic, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, they're in this dark cabal. They're all wizarding this, like, crazy shit. And it's, no, they're just doing it. The intent's bad, but the intent is not to create something bad through magic. It's, yeah. It just is. And maybe that's the biggest trump of all. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, Because I often say that, like, yeah. you know, uh, real magic works when 
you eliminate the desire. Yeah. Like when the desire is gone, when you stop wanting something, that's when it comes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, a lot of times. It's also that, like, instead of looking at it as, like, uh, like results-based right. or trying to get a result, instead I look at magic as a way of, like, just trying to cope. Yeah. Because that is, like... Cause it, cause like if you're trying to get stuff out of it, yeah. then like, I mean, it works like people, people do stuff and it works and like whatever, but it's just, it's also like, if you're someone who's just like, you know, some person who's just like, oh, I'm going to do a sigil to get a job or whatever, right. or to get like a partner or like whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like, that is like, there are people who are doing that without using magic. Yes. And, yeah. but like. But I feel like it's much more meaningful to kind of do this magic to say, like, I am unemployed and I need to be happy while I'm unemployed. Yes. So that when the opportunity to become employed comes, Mm -hmm. I'm not like too much of a wreck to take it. Exactly. It's prepping yourself to be ready to receive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And my whole thing, it's configuring a reaction. Yeah. You know, because shit happens or. It's just a reminder. This is what the micro decision you're about to make should mm-hmm. be about. Because shit's going to be in your way. You yeah. Remember where the steering wheel is. And this is a way to do it, you know. This here Pragmagic Podcast is brought to you by Portland, Oregon's Open Source Art Religion and Pragmagic Art Collective, We the Hallowed. Information, please visit wethehallowed.org or support these fine, pious individuals at patreon.com slash we the hallowed. Remember, that's hallowed like saintly. H-A-L-L-O-W-E-B. Thank you and hold on. But do you ever have you ever had any like preternatural? Or, I mean, you work with Reiki. I, I guess that's yeah uh, a bit. In oh, the, I do. Wait, the, do, by, do you mean like, do you mean spooky? Is that yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay, I like cool. that. Let's just say spooky. You are, you are, you, you are a lot better at words well, than no, I no, am. No, spooky's <laughs> actually, that's perfect. I'm probably going to co-op that. I'll do it. Like, I don't care. But I was, it's because, mainly, yeah. it's not that your word wasn't bad. I'm just trying, I was trying to understand. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I do me. stuff all the time. Like I, I mean, I do Reiki, obviously. Sure. Yeah. I do tarot and runes. Um, but I, I just, mean, has there been an experience that has like shown you that there are forces outside? Of oh, this? tons. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Tons all the time. Um, like even just a month ago, um, I did a, uh, I did I did this this uh time ritual thing. Oh yeah, I remember you told um, me that. What did I it, it's the um, daylight savings stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was cuz I there's a there is a I think a Scottish game developer who has a Patreon that's like the House of Alexander mm-hmm. or something that I I follow them on Twitter. Super amazing. Like exactly what I want out of Twitter which is hard to find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's hard. You know when you find that exact social media account that you're like, this is why I stay online. Like, <laughs> wait, wait, it's equal funny and... Yeah, yeah. So enlightening. Good. Yeah, so yeah, good. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, he had made a time ritual called Weird Time, 
and it was sort of this uh, ritual where you, like, in between the hours of, like, 12 and 1 during daylight saving time, the hour that, like, disappears, Mm -hmm. you sort of imbue, like, an object with the energy of weird time. Um, Like a talisman? Yeah, like anything you have, and you do it, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you do, and, I mean, it's not even that much, but I missed it. Yeah. Because I forgot, I'm a doofus, and sure. I forgot what day daylight savings time was actually on. Right, and you you would never know if you never knew because yeah. everything updates yeah. with that um, time. Yeah. So I missed it, and I was like, oh, I have to wait another year to do this, <laughs> and I was so pissed. Um, but then, um, eleven eleven came along, mm. and I, it was it was really fun. Like sometimes you just get these opportunities, like you sort of live in like the mundane life for a little while and then you have like these opportunities to really like rev up your magic game and be like i'm gonna do this this thing and it's gonna be awesome um and i crafted this sort of ritual uh to take like on 11 11 the 11 11 a.m and the 11 11 p.m and make like a window Mm -hmm. that then i could like use that window to go back to any other time that i wanted to go to and have it be for me that day in the past between 11 and 11 and 11 and 11. So I moved it back to like 11 11 p.m. to 11 11 a.m. so I could like re like relive that time of daylight savings time and just in this one instance just in this yeah. one instance so I could redo Oh, so you could ritual. redo the spell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was it's really <laughs> fun. Brilliant, like I think actually. that's like the funnest thing about yeah. magic is sort of being like totally. like oh there's a loophole. That's one of those like, you know, genie grants you three wishes. Yeah. It's to have infinite wishes. Yeah, yeah. It's the first wish. Yeah. Um so and it was really great because I was like I mean, I don't like I'm not like a like a substance person. Mm-hmm. Like I, so I haven't been very high that often. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, Go I on. was, I was very. So you hit, yeah, you. Hit I was, a, uh, I was very spooky. Yeah. For that whole twelve hours. Yeah, and so like you had a physical. Yeah. Like reaction. Yeah. To that. Yes. And I, I just felt very. Yeah. Like and and that's what I think. What I think is like. Um. The greatest thing about Chaos Magic uh-huh. is that it's the best creative writing project like ever. Because yeah. those are those are the best rituals and the best mythologies are mm-hmm. when it's not just like, oh, I'm gonna do this thing or whatever. It's when like it's when you write a story with yes. the thing that you're yeah. doing. It's just you're the protagonist and you yep. live it in real life. Yeah. It's um, creating and you your like, own folklore. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really great. Like um world building is like the mm-hmm. most powerful like thing in chaos magic to me like i had this really um it was a really great kind of like instagram interaction mm-hmm. with um my my friend anna joy who does the queer witch podcast right, yeah, that yeah. i was just on um and uh they were they were talking about sort of like they were asking the question of um the ethics behind sort of like getting grave dirt or like dirt from a graveyard kind of thing. Yeah. And my response was if they're like a super wealthy, like, like if, yeah, they, if how they're, did you know that? Well, you, you do your research. Like you, you, you kind of yeah. look up families and stuff like that. But like, and that I was kind of a snarky response that I was making yeah. just for the lulls. <laughs> 
Uh, but then uh, she got back to me and she was like, haha. But then she was like, but. And I don't, I don't think she doesn't consider herself like a chaos magician at all. So I don't want to like prescribe a thing to, sure. to her, but yeah. it's definitely this kind of world building thing that she did, which, which is what I think is the most incredible about any path or ritual. Sure. She was like, if I like, it could be really good, like work to do if they are like this old, rich family that like exploited the kind of like community around them and to get their money and blah 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 mm -hmm. and i use this dirt to do work like in the community then i'm healing oh, yeah. their family by you're using, making them assist the yeah aid. i'm, I'm yeah. making them assist which heals them from like things that they maybe have like you know marks against them for like right. for for buying into the the magic of capitalism or whatever and like that kind of like nitty-gritty world building yeah is like the best kind of like magic chaos magic or not yeah like, absolutely yeah. i think you know that's the thing it's like chaos magic or is you know it's a term that i think has been imbued with a lot of systems and structures and it's it's missing the point it's 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 unique to the chef right and yeah. it's cooking and the true uh, I would say the true wherewithal with any any one of those would know how to substitute things or make things uh, work on the fly. Yeah. You know, you're out of salt, uh, screw it, we'll use, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And to me, that's the, yeah, cornerstone of folklore creation. Yeah. You know? But I was wondering if you had ever had any yeah spooky like literal spooky interaction literal in our meaning of the word spooky. Yeah, yeah yeah if you have seen magic utilized or have had a visitation with other you know forces outside of yourself or is this all just a magnanimous subconscious you know, structure that oh, we're yeah. dealing with. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the I, I see what, what mm -hmm. we're getting at. Um, like, it's kind of like the question of, like, is it is it a part of our psychology or is it, like, spirits and stuff that we're summoning sure. up? Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Or um, if you've had another understanding of it. Yeah, I yeah. think it is both at the same time, uh -huh. um, which is, like, such a cop-out answer. No, I agree. But um, I think it's that... Um, it's that there are all these spirits that kind of like have their own agenda and have their own thing. Right. Uh, but our perception is so powerful that the parts of ourselves that we are dealing with are like meshing. Like there's kind of like us right. on the left side and them on the right side. And sort of like in the middle is mm -hmm. sort of this like uh, third spirit that is created between yes, the game yeah. of telephone that happens between our like perception and our discernment right. and like fathomability. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I definitely like I. You have had experience. Yeah, yeah. I um. So I have a like a pretty. I I was all through my life. I've never been a big like deity person. Right. Like I've never been big into like worship, and I'm still not really that into. Yeah. But like. Totally. Um, I have right now I have a pretty big connection to sort of like Neptune as a 
uh, sort of God energy sort of deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, the ritual that I did that sort of like helped me figure that out uh, was super powerful and I definitely felt like Neptune there. Um, at the end of the ritual, it just like, just like downpour started raining like immediately mm-hmm. like it was really hard for me to breathe like kind yeah. of like i could feel sort of this like force being like yep i am here and who knows what that means you'll find out later kind mm-hmm. of thing um and so what what were you calling him or them for um i was calling them because i had like so my i have two names mm-hmm. uh like i go by rune and then also greg mm-hmm. those are my two names um and when i discovered rune as a name it was because i was doing this ritual to sort of like provide names to different like parts of myself like a higher mid and lower self kind of deal um and and I got those names, and then I kind of, like, put them on the shelf for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, I don't really remember how, but I just sort of, like, had all of these things in my life that were pointing to, like, connection to, like, a, like, mythology or, like, a god or something, like a higher Like self. an archetypal. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... And I was just like, oh, I'm not really into that. But then I eventually remembered this ritual I did where Neptune had come up. And I started looking into Neptune and got really fascinated with sort of like the history of like how uh, water, like water spirits and water gods uh, have evolved through mythologies through all of time. And they're usually kind of like this mother like give birth to the earth kind of thing and then all of a sudden neptune is like this like burly bearded <laughs> like water god yeah um and so like so that gave me a feeling that like really resonated with my queerness mm-hmm. and i was like okay cool so like and it's, it's not neptune as like like that version of neptune for me it's a very sort of like astrological right but um, this also ties into the whole issue you're finding with being a, a healer yeah yeah, yeah yeah and being gender norm yeah, yeah yeah it's 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 all over the place and um That's and cool. i was like okay well if if i'm feeling called to this yeah then gotta you gotta do the interview <laughs> so right. that you just gotta do it um so i just sort of like and all of my rituals have always been very just like unplanned improv like yeah i i don't i don't i don't do a whole lot of planning all the time i do have like one sort of like go-to ritual that i'll talk about when we talk about the album but like Mm -hmm. this was kind of just like a big bam boom kind of two hour long meditative like whatever i don't even remember what i did really um I, i might have it written down somewhere but it's hard for me to like keep notes while i'm like in the thick of it Mm -hmm. um and it was just this like really intense sort of thing um but also even beyond that like as far as like like beings like in from from the not material realm um like all my time on the road i just like 
met so many not there people like just like like people who like exist here but don't exist here i've been always really sure really in like i've had a very big connection to like the astral plane for my whole life yeah um and so it, it's always like it's kind of always been there like yeah. it's 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 there are too many <laughs> times to, yeah. to list it's like my whole life has just been like one big like thing that the just sort of circus of ethereal yeah, yeah 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 um i know how you feel yeah i have i have restructured the way that i think that like all the planes interact with each other so many different times yeah um and every single time it's a wonderful thing like i love I love every time that I just like get to restructure my whole mythology yeah. to like fit something new because it's just more writing and like, um, yeah. I'm and sorry it, if that doesn't really answer. No, it question. does, and <laughs> it's funny too because it all fits. Like yeah. the more you add, you think it might be contradictory to something, and then you realize no, the contradiction's kind of the point. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, yeah that's the thing is that yeah. like the idea. Um, I, I. I repeat myself on this, like for everyone that I talk to all the mm -hmm. time. But um, one of the one of the things, as far as like writing, and because as as we've discussed, writing is very attached to like my ritual and my magic and my oh, mythology. Yeah. But um, that my husband taught me mm -hmm. is this idea that like um, stories don't have to make sense all the time sure um in particular when he writes about this stuff it's um it's in relation to like a trans and genderqueer narrative mm -hmm. in that like uh like things don't have to just have like a beginning middle and end um because like not like an explanatory yeah because yeah. like life doesn't work that way sometimes but no, i think that yeah. that that fits a lot more narratives because i think that um like when we're asked about our experience it's always coming from a logical point of view and sort of avoiding like the emotional stuff and like if, for instance if you're ever like in a court or whatever like emotions don't matter right. spirituality doesn't matter and it's just kind of logic yeah um and so the idea that stuff like doesn't have to make sense means that like you can have all this contradictory stuff because like yeah. sometimes X might mean Y, and sometimes yeah. X might mean C. The two and plus like, two equals five. It yeah. changes all the time, and it's going to mean different things in different places. And that's just that. Like, um, I have a exercise that I do about once a month where I try to like go back and ascribe different elements to activities that I've done to be like, okay, I went for a walk. That's a Earth. Oh, I see. Thing. Yeah. And like, okay, I, I studied for my test. That's an air thing or whatever. Just to like, right. and I make little pie graphs so that I can like see visually like where all my elements are and where stuff like that. Where you're spending your most time. Yeah, where yeah. I'm spending my most time because everything is a video game That's to a me. great, you know, it's, yeah, um, I wanted to talk about that too. But, um, but it's, uh, but like, but sometimes one action like will be like, like, for instance, like, if you are, like, in love with someone and you're doing something with them that is about that love, mm -hmm. like, regardless what the action is, it could be anything. But sometimes that's going to be a fire thing because, like, passion and stuff like that. Right. But sometimes it's going to be a water thing right. because, like, water is Mood about emotion and, and mood yeah. and memory. So, like, 
it can be anything. And that's like the great thing about personal mythologies is that like it not only can change over time, it can be, you can have like multiple dimensions of the same mythology where you have like different rules depending on how you're feeling that day. Yeah. So you're seeing, yeah, I love this. Like you're seeing, so your folklore is almost like a user interfaced kind of open source, like non-linear, but linear. Yeah. Like uh, eight dimensional different realm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely, I like also. Eight dimensional, I meant like, yeah, pixel, you know. The the chaos (laughs) magic that I grew up in was actually a pretty close meld between chaos magic and like technomancy. Yeah, cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah like that, absolutely. that's that's Mondo what I, 2000. That's yeah. what I grew up with. Me too. So yeah. my um my like ritual is like entirely code based. Yeah. Like that's just how I think. I dig it. Yeah. Like that's just and and I don't even code like when right. I like I make video games and stuff, and I use the cheat things where I like right. drag Tetris blocks over to say but I this want. This is the way you uh, you visualize your interaction with yeah the different planes. I yeah, yeah. I, I I definitely say like okay, like I'm trying to increase this parameter in my right. life. I need to write a code, mm-hmm. and sometimes that will be me literally writing a fake code into Google Docs. Right. And sometimes that will be me like lighting a blue candle because that's how I feel today. Yeah. Like sometimes totally. I'm a very basic witch. Yeah. And sometimes I am an android <laughs> from right. another planet. Like it, it changes on a daily basis. Um, but but that's definitely like how I think about things. Yeah. Um, and because, and, and it's, yeah. It just, it's all, it's all code because, because how we, because it is all, even though like chaos magic shouldn't be a system necessarily all the time, what right. we do with our lives. It's an attitude and an approach. Yeah. yeah. But what we do with our lives is systems. Like right. we do have like routines and pathways that we go on all the yeah. time. Uh, there are ways that we react to things. Like mm-hmm. we have if and like or yeah. and or situations like if this happens to us we will do this because uh, like choose your own adventure yeah, yeah. like we are predictable beings to mm-hmm. some degree and you died in of cholera yeah so like so it's <laughs> so that's just how like it's easy to think of yeah. like that our ritual magic can like affect the code of thing in like a, a, a matrix i mean isn't that what it is? yeah that totally is what it is i yeah. guess as far as reality programming or any of the open source ideology of like time and yeah uh shared or interpersonal you know somatic reality is it still constitutes that it would be like reactionary towards whatever vector you're interfacing with yeah and it would still like yes you could you know your ritual would have had all the parameters all the codes or whatever but you know when it came face to face with this vector who knows what is what's yeah. going to happen because yeah, yeah. so I, I totally get that but it's also yeah it's also a very um like causal kind of way to see it but not i just say yeah, i've always been fascinated with the kind of I guess cyberpunk is to use a term. Yeah. But 
we both know what I mean, I think. Yeah, well, cyberpunk. cyberpunk, I mean, cyberpunk and technomancy are a little bit different yeah. in that, like, cyberpunk is a, is a very specific genre of fiction right. writing. Um, Te- the two, technomancy is a book. Tech, well, technomancy, is it, is, it is a book that yeah. is cyberpunk, but technomancy, as far as, like, a practice, right. is more about, like, like technomancy. But it's also, is, like, you're creating a... And I mean, Tommy Kelly, if he hears this, is going to be pissed off at me because I don't know if I even understood his definition of egregore. <laughs> but you're you are creating like a a thought form mm-hmm. within something as to jurisdict what you're interacting with. Like yeah. it is very like the video game analogy makes a lot of sense to me. So it, like especially with your stuff, yeah, because I I do see a tether through it that is very. Uh, using like up to date or not even up to date using human uh, computing methods yeah. to kind of paint a picture about what you're traversing even though that it's you know the methods are two dimensional yeah well it's about it's about because like when you think about a video game yeah. it's a world yeah that that's well, like now there's like you know open world blah, well yeah blah, but blah. the base like but what the, i see with yours base, is yeah yeah different the, level, no matter different no matter how screen. complicated a game is right it's always a world mm-hmm. that you that someone can exist in mm-hmm. and there are ways of tinkering with the code to change that world right so in and i learned this from game design but at the same time yeah. you are a like a vector of yourself you're a an avatar yeah, you yeah, I mean? yeah, you are. But yeah. but as far as just like I'm using, like I'm I'm not as much talking about the connection between the game and the real world as right. I am just using the game as like an analogy for the well, real yeah, world. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. what I and in video games, there's this thing called the debug room. Mm-hmm. And what the debug room is is it's a room created in the game that's separate from where the players can get to. Right. That the, the game designers use yeah. to like test. And tinker with things. Yeah, yeah. And the most, there are two of the most like uh, documented of people like messing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, debug rooms are the debug rooms for Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII because they're just these like long hallways that your character can like run through, and there's people in each one that you can talk to that have these like menus show up of like just gibbledygook mm-hmm. and depending on which one you click you can go anywhere in the game you can go anywhere in the timeline of the game you can change any stat of any character and like that like this is like the most nerdy thing ever but that like that is my that's your shit that's my magic <laughs> yeah. but in like the real world i was just gonna say can we call it 8-bit mancy or, yeah i mean yeah, sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> just have fun with it but yeah that brings me to well that brings us to the album you yeah. I mean you touched on neptune earlier yeah uh was that initial ritual the because you babylon obviously was the female like counterpoint well so that, Neptune and Babylon. That, right? Neptune and Babylon. The title right. has like a significantly less interesting reason why the title happened. Okay, uh, but it is was, it safe to assume that works? Uh a little bit, maybe. I, uh, I guess so. In the in the narrative of of it, the reason that the title you're happened, turning Neptune into Babylon. Uh I guess so. Yeah. Um, it's it's more that, um. 
the reason that that title happened was because I had a folder that I put all of my tracks into mm -hmm. and it was Ableton. And then I made a second folder and called it B Ableton. And that turned into Babylon. Never meet your heroes, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the reason <laughs> for that. And then I just uh -huh. tacked Neptune onto the front. Uh -huh. um, but the the sort of um okay but that's fine that's a good like yeah i don't i don't that it, it's the 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 sort of like synchronous at least yeah synchronous um the sort of like like i'm not i don't even know what the plot to the album is but okay. it's definitely like along the lines of the whole point of the whole thing is that um it's the story of the hero's journey and which everything is there's nothing new right. about this is not a revolutionary thing Joseph but Campbell. Yeah. at yeah at the and in the uh hero's journey there's the point where the hero gets the boon oh yeah and then they and then they go on with their adventure and they win and they go home changed yeah. what this is about is about what happens when the hero is rejected by the boon hmm. that so like and the so when i was making this album the aesthetic and theme of it like the sirens call kind of thing it's it's more like have you ever seen that movie anastasia the cartoon oh god not okay years. well if you can just imagine any like disney movie with it's... a cackling kind of gay villain <laughs> who does like the musical number where they kind it's of have the temptation yeah they yeah, have the well they no, they have this attitude all a lot of disney kind of villains uh -huh. are they're coded a little homosexual sure, yeah. and they have an attitude that's like hidden under layers of villainy but the attitude is kind of like well no one is going to accept me for who i am so like yeah. screw all of you yeah and i'm going to destroy the world like whatever yeah. and um so, so that is like the feel of it is sort of like there's some there's some like gender stuff wrapped up where it's like this world that like it's like a fairy world mm -hmm. it's like a cyberpunk forest fairy world yeah where, like how you describe it that yeah way? where like the um the the main character like is like a genderqueer protagonist uh -huh. in a world full of like queer and genderqueer people um, but is still sort of like rejected from this boon of like becoming the hero of the story. I see. And a lot of that is wrapped up with like me feeling like I've always sort of felt like not like I've always felt like not queer enough for like queer communities. Mm -hmm. But then like you don't quite like fit with like sort of heteronormative communities either because people well, sure. can just yeah. like tell that they're supposed to kill you um <laughs> and so a lot of it is built up in that and so the the title is like exactly an accident um if i'm gonna look up what you just talked about and then decide <laughs> well, like it's synchronous <laughs> yeah, right? yeah okay so in babylon yeah they talk about the whore of babylon okay. and the bible and mm -hmm. it's uh jack parsons you know uh tried to get marjorie cameron who was his wife like she was supposed to be the new coming of babylon and mm -hmm. basically it's like the hellhound whore of the rapture oh but it's this archetypal female like destroyer awesome oh. see what i was what yeah. i was thinking when i when i was doing babylon i had just read a short story mm -hmm. in this um 
in this thing about the Tower of Babylon. Sure, which, Tower of Babel. Yeah, yeah Babel, um, where they tried to build too high to get to God or whatever. Right, right. Um, and that was sort of the the feel yeah. that I was coming from, where it was sort of like this thing of where you're like reaching so high to sort of like huh, yeah. to sort of like be what people want you to be, but you just don't and you fail. Okay, yeah. I mean, um, I just like I think it's inherently it's funny that you. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was a a sinew or like a, a connected to what we were talking about earlier with Neptune and stuff because it almost to me was a eureka moment. Like, yeah. Oh, that's what he means. Ne- uh, <laughs> Neptune and Babylon. You yeah, know? yeah. Because you were trying to take Neptune away from the archetypal, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. burly man, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, and, that is cool. And make yeah. it, you know. Yeah, now yeah. now I didn't I, I I didn't understand what you were cuz I didn't know right. the I didn't know the yeah, the, the myth, mythology yeah, yeah, behind it. I mean, um, I don't know if I do anyway. <laughs> but yeah, no, that is that is cool. So, um as far as like ritual goes, the way that that like this was mm-hmm. created was that um whenever I make any body of work, I always get like half of it done during like the creative rush phase. Right. And then I'm like, well, what do I do now? Like, how do I finish this? Oh, I know. How and you feel. the way that I always do it is I print out every scene or every song of lyrics or whatever and I put it in a circle on the ground in the format of the hero's journey. To try to like ascribe each like either song or like okay. scene in a book because I've written a few books this way too, so that I just say like okay this is a this part of the hero's so, journey so, and this is a that part and I put it in a circle like around myself so uh-huh. that I can just like see it in like map formation, and then I just like use that to like write the rest of it. Sure. Um, and in this particular case, what I did is I drew a tarot card and a rune for each spot Uh so that I could use those energies to kind of like kind of direct where the things would go. Yep. Um, And, and it became this kind of big thing. And a lot of the, um, a lot of the drum beats Mm -hmm. are uh, drawn sigils. Um, Oh, cool! And, like uh, MIDI, kind yeah, of yeah, drawn? MIDI, very MIDI cool. Drawn. Yeah, um, and some of the waveforms have been kind of like, like what, like what tarot card would come up? I would, I would kind of like use that with like a personal system I have to like figure out like, okay, like what key should this song be in, or like whatever. Right. Yeah. Um. So there was a lot of that stuff that yeah. went into it. Um. And it made this um, this like. 16 wait 18 track album which then the record label that's putting it out was like that is way too, too long. long yeah so was it like full like three or so minute songs each or were they no there was no. like yeah there was a couple like five or sixers in there okay but it was uh, yeah they were all like full length songs yeah like they that. were they were all very long i mean there was a couple of um sort of like instrumental Sure. Um, kind of, I like to call them scene changes. Like it's kind of like in between when there's a scene and the lights go down and you can see all the tech crew running around, like moving everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but (laughs) tech moving. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but then, yeah, then I was like, 
at first I was very when so uh, Fake Four is putting out the album for me. Um, they're they're a pretty uh, doing good uh, yeah. like hip hop and pop label, um, and um, they they were like, oh, this is because it's not like like I'm this isn't like this is a pretty big release for me, um, but it's it's kind of like they're they're just helping someone out kind of thing and mm-hmm. so they were like well we're not we're not really in, like this is part of like kind of a thing where we're putting out eps for ever, for all these different people it's part of a thing so they were like we really like half of that would be good and they were very nice about it like yeah. it was very good and um i was at first i had this like oh like i can't cut any of this like i don't know but i was very lucky that it had been three months in between where I like finished recording it and submitted it, and mm. then between when they told me, so I had some space from it. Yeah, and then I was just like, and that's the great thing is that like originally in my brain I was like, oh, I did all of this ritual and stuff, and like how can I let go of this stuff? And then I was just like, oh, I don't give a crap. Like, yeah, yeah. like who cares? And um, and that was when I realized I was like, oh, like I'm just. I'm just taking the album and making it smaller, which is exactly what you do when you're making a sigil. Yeah, that's a sigil. Yeah. That, so I so um now and now I think it's kind of cool because now it's like they're putting out the eight songs and then um the rest of them kind of like the director's cut is like on my Patreon. Oh, awesome. And so yeah, they could once again I kind of view it as kind of like a video game thing where there's side quests and stuff. And it sure. and it actually yeah. makes it as far as the um the the concept of it it makes it easier for me to parse out like what is happening because instead of having this like one linear plot that every song has to follow right it's like there's the main quest and then there's the other stuff right that that like isn't that that can happen at any point the during, interim yeah, yeah yeah side yeah what do you call them side side quests quest. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so video games yeah yeah so um so yeah it's it's like it was really fun to make and i'm really excited about it um but there was like a heavy intention for tons of the facets of creating it yeah can you talk a little bit real quickly um of the music composition side of that like yeah um generating you know the Audiomancy as I totally yeah. ripped off the term. Um, so uh, half of the songs started as just acoustic guitar songs. Right. Um, and half of the songs started with like the beats. Mm-hmm. Like some of the like weirder sounding beats were when I kind of mashed together. Because I'm a fairly new like beat maker. Mm-hmm. Like I've only been doing this electronic stuff for like three years. And even in that Ableton, I've only been doing for maybe like a year and a half. Before that, I was doing like yeah. on the Game Boy. I was I had a hacked Game right, Boy. Right, yeah, I, was I know the Game Boy. Writing mm-hmm. writing chip tunes on yeah. and stuff, um, and I, yeah, it was it was that is kind of was just me when so originally Fake Four had wanted to put out something for me last year. Um, but I wasn't ready mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, like, why didn't you bug us more? And I was like, you, I I, I'm not, well, no, I was not ready. Oh, and yeah. I think that that is an important, 
thing for any creative artist to understand for anyone is yeah. when you are not ready for an opportunity of that exposure yeah. like because you only get so many shots at that and if you get the platform right. before you're ready for it then you Everyone won't suffer <laughs> yeah well you just won't be able to capitalize on it sure um yeah. and i just wasn't ready like i like especially if you put me uh, like maybe when I was doing my folk stuff, but if you put me with like my electronica stuff on the same label as like people doing hip hop and rap who mm -hmm. have been like mixing beats for like their whole life, there's going to be a very stark difference between the quality of sound. Right. So I took the whole year. You got to bring it. And I, I watched every mixing YouTube video that I could find and found. And like, so really a lot of these songs are um like me learning as i go mm -hmm. on how to be like better at doing this stuff yeah um and so there was a lot of just like exploratory um there's a couple like i was in the forest while i was recording this album yeah um so i recorded like bug sounds um and like put them into the beats um because i really because like i really think that the like I told you before, it's like a fairy cyberpunk forest thing. And I wanted it to be like the soundtrack to being able to like walk through an industrial factory or through a mountain range. Like I wanted to be able to fit both of those. I just, yeah, I hear the tracks I've heard and the one you sent me earlier, yeah. which I listened to on my walk home was like, I hear the composition of digital detritus, yeah. like the foliage the digital foliage yeah, yeah, yeah. of things, yeah. you know, kind that's of who put I together, yeah. raked and in, in into mountains of yeah, little hills. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of it was very, just like me, because like I have the most fun writing when I'm learning something new, yeah, like a new skill. So a lot of it was that, um, and. Like, cause I had, I'd made a bunch of EPs that were like electronic dance music, but also this was something where I wanted to be like, I feel like when I quit doing the folk music and started doing the dance music, I was trying to run as far away from the folk music as I could. Absolutely. And yeah. this album, I wanted to try and like bring the two selves a little bit closer together to be like, okay, like, cause at this point in my life, I'm not, I'm like, it's been a long time since I've been interested in doing things based on what other people want me to do. Well, sure, yeah. But I think that the result of being that kind of person is that you often do things in spite of what other people want you to do. Yeah. And now in my <laughs> life, I'm trying to be very intentional about finding out exactly who I want to be, like, not in spite of other people. Right. And not based on what other people expect. Unadulterated. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think this album is maybe a first or second step towards being in that it is, I feel like it's very me. Yeah. And I feel very comfortable with it. Um, and, and it just, it's, I, I kind of have been able to find like a place where I can write the pop songs, but also have kind of a little bit of the long winded storyteller stuff in there too. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, it was a, it was a long process and I'm not, I'm not a long process kind of person. I'm a very, I'm a very quick, mm -hmm. like, like I'll have a day where I'll just get the sudden 
urge to record a four song EP yeah. and I'll put it out the next day on Bandcamp. So the idea of spending like a year writing and recording an album and then another like four to five months yeah. like mixing it and waiting for it to come out. And also to be in a completely different like environment as oh, yeah. it comes out, you know. Yeah. No, I mean that that is the weird thing. Yeah. Like like I don't even and and it's good because I don't want to be It's like, a testament to yeah. it working. Like it's not Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, but I also uh, like there's a lot of things that musicians do when new albums come out mm -hmm. and I don't want to do any of those things. Like I'm like not be on podcasts. Well, I'm well, I've, <laughs> podcasts are fun. Um yeah. but like I mean, yeah, I think being on podcasts is, like, the one thing I want to do because right. then I get to, like, talk about things I want to talk about. But yeah. I don't want to play, like, the CD release show. Right. I don't want to go on tour. I'm not even going to play that many shows to promote it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, you're, you're, you're speaking to my rule book. For yeah, last one. I think that if, if I was back where I come from, then there would be that pull from me to be it from inside of me right to like kind of live up the to this incentive, hustle yeah to be like okay like i know that i know these certain venues that i could book a show at with yeah. these certain bands and i know this tour i could go on and i know these certain whatever but here like i just like i have met a lot of people here but like i haven't known them long you've played enough. a lot of shows yeah yeah i they i need to stop <laughs> <laughs> but i mean yeah no it was a good whirlwind i think yeah like, i mean i got to make a lot of friends which is you nice. met you met the consequence of sound in portland like quickly yeah yeah know? i i i got to make a lot of friends and that's good for a new place absolutely like and yeah. i think that that you having can't buy that kind of fucking yeah you know calibration yeah and it's yeah. been really nice because i feel like i've learned a lot about myself in that um like a lot of music scene stuff is very like need-based uh yeah sort of friendship and I've been doing a really good job of being like meeting someone and being like, okay, you are someone who we are only going to talk when we're planning a show or doing whatever. And then meeting other people and being like, okay, you actually want to hang out with me. Like, right. And it's not that I, I don't like put up a wall to the first people, but I definitely like cater my time towards the second people. Yeah. Um, because that's like where I'm at with my life totally. um, and you're and, in a new place where you don't have to feel the burden of you know not answering every call because yeah of whatever like reputation you had prior, yeah 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 you know? no i don't i don't care right. like i i i came here to retire yeah. from music and Whoops. it has been fun <laughs> like it's been fun getting this because like i i never like there are definitely a lot of people who respect me back home and i do mm -hmm. have a lot of friends back home yeah um but you i already have equal amounts i think here yeah it's it's more that i never like really had a lot of like the opportunities that i didn't have to like make for myself mm -hmm. back home and here everybody's sort of like i showed up and everybody was just like oh here's like everything you want you don't have to do anything yeah and that was a very nice way of the universe saying hey i'm sorry mm -hmm. here's here's the here's here's an i'm here's an apology gift and now that i've accepted the apology gift i can say it's oh, so okay universe. it was the universe's fault huh yeah definitely <laughs> um but well it's not so much the universe's fault but more about like if the universe had some kind of like 
um, lesson it was teaching me uh-huh. as to like how hard Some it was for me back pick. home. Yeah. Then like it was sort of like okay, like you made it through. Like sorry, it was so hard, mm-hmm. but like you 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 made it through to the other side. Here's like what you were missing and what you were asking for all that time, and it was nice to have that like gift for like the past few months. That's amazing. And yeah. now that I've had that gift. I can move on with my life. Unplug and run. Yeah, yeah, I can be like, okay, I did it. Like, for yeah. instance, this whole thing with, well, like, brilliant. getting put out on, like, Fake 4. Mm-hmm. Like, like Fake 4 is, like, kind of a, I feel like a, a mid, like, mid-level to higher indie kind of label. Yeah, yeah. And they do a really good. And, like, I think for a lot of people, this would be, like, the the proof that you have the hype and then you build on that mm-hmm. like a career. For me, this is the credits roll. This is like like I say, this is like when I you did stop it. wanting it. <laughs> that's when the magic works. Yeah, this is like, you know what? I finally I did the thing. Yeah. And now I can move on with the rest of my life and do other things. Yeah. Because really, like what I figured out, like beyond all of this, like magic and like, like music what and all mean? this stuff. <laughs> what I really want to do uh-huh. is I want to make a piece of art that has made me cry the way that my favorite pieces of art have. Yeah, absolutely. Like that is like there are some things that like some like movies. I mean, I'm a crier anyways, but there's some like there's this. There's like some stories or some things that like by the end of it, I'm just like a mess for yeah. hours. And like, I want to make a thing that makes people feel that. And I'm not 100% sure that like music is like what it is for me. Like, I think other people yeah. can do it with that, but I don't think that that's my end game. And I'm really excited to find out what my end game is. And I don't know what it is quite yet, yeah. but that's I what's really you. exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good. Yeah, I share that same sentiment. Well, the song that we're premiering is called. It's either called. <laughs> I saw that there. I I want to make this note. Yeah. That there was punctuation in that that I didn't know if I should announce. Yeah. No, or... it's yeah. I I mean I I don't I don't I I do not have a reputation that I need to worry about as far as being together. Um, but no, yeah, no, I the, just wanted to get it song, right. Yeah, I yeah. want to get it right too, which is I'm not sure that I have the right answer. <laughs> I see. Um, so the song is called Shred the Paper. I think, unless I change my mind before it comes out, I still have to send all like the liner notes. It's like shred forward slash, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, something so else. that was that was I did do when they asked me to shorten the album, I did do one trick where there's um. I, I took one of the instrumental tracks and I just shoved it onto the end of Shred the Paper. Yeah. So so that's like, oh, it's just a, it's just a five minute song. That's cool though. Um, but yeah, the 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 ending thing was called Drastic, so that's why it's called that's Shred. That's what it is. Shred, shred yeah. and then slash Drastic, which is fun because it makes it into like Shred Tastic. I was gonna say it yeah. seemed like a a. a a rad yeah it makes it seem like i like can like play guitar really well (laughs) which i can't well Uh, (laughs) the song is a fucking banger as it were yeah yeah it's it's fun it's actually it's all about drawing sigils yeah um the the choruses are because it's um it's uh what is it if you lose a bike 
uh, draw the skeleton, shred the paper. It's all about just like drawing a sigil and being a sigil and activating it. And the verses are gobbledygook that don't matter. Well, I'm sure they <laughs> matter to you. Or at the time well, it, did, right? Well, it's like glossolalia. I do it. I do. This is, an, language. this is another never meet your heroes thing. <laughs> um, I not that I'm your hero, but um, I. So when not I anymore. when I write songs, and I make the beats yeah. first. I will just like record myself singing gobbledygook over it. I do that. It. I do that so all that, the time. Sometimes and, it makes it in. Too. Yeah, and this this was one time where I was like, ooh, and I tried re-recording it like so many times because I had like I had just recorded gobbledygook, uh -huh. and then I wrote lyrics along to the gobbledygook, and no matter how many times I tried re-recording it, it just never sounded better than the gobbledygook. Oh yeah, I know. And I'm like, so ah, funny it's a, you bring it's, that up. It's a Lady Gaga song. Like, I was listening, like, it's fine. I was listening to another. An interview with another, like a famous songwriter. Yeah. And he was talking about how, you know, to have filler or had a good melody, he'll just record a scratch track of mm -hmm. Glossolalia. <laughs> you know? And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes that's way better than whatever words <laughs> fit in, you know, when you're writing like that. Yeah. But that's also, and once again, is that what you feel when you channel? Is that oh, yeah. what we were talking about earlier? It's a perfect thing to end on. Yeah. When you have those experiences, is that music to you? Is that Yeah, no, I mean definitely the most I'm not sure if this is what you're asking me, but the most um like connected I ever feel to yeah. the universe is when I'm like doing something musically um and I don't remember like if I play a set and then yeah. I don't remember the set after. Yeah. Like if I really drop in to a set and just like am no longer there because I'm yeah somewhere else. That is like the most the most connected and magic and spooky that I get. 